come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Steady as a rock. Yeah, but I shoot with this hand. Game over, man. Game over. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could some. All the damn vampires. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I screamed so loud that it went through my earphones into my microphone. Hey, look, my red bar's up. Imagine that. <laughs> I wonder why, you fucking Joe Cock piece of shit. <laughs> Remember when we would hide Joe Cocker around the apartment for each other to just discover? Yeah, I went through like 18 cartridges of ink just to print that one image. It was worth it. Oh, yeah. For sure. Wait, like hanging in the shower. My favorite was I put it in, uh, I closed the toilet seat and stuck it to the bottom of the toilet seat. Yeah, because it was night. I remember it was the nighttime when, when that happened. And I was so like, So like when you found them, did you get like hitting the balls? No, I just no. opened the, the top. And then as I'm, it's like four o'clock in the morning. As I'm opening the toilet seat, it's just Joe Cocker staring right into my soul. It's the cover of one of his albums. It's the one that's got help from my friends on there. Good on him. You out. You you took a Beatles song and you did it better than they did. I can't even hear Jimmy Page. Jesus Christ, man! And then we would just hide it around the apartment for each other to to scare each other. I think I hung it in your shower one time. I taped it onto your fan. I remember doing that. Anyway, welcome to the Direct VHS podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jason, and with me tonight is Tom. Now, Tom. If you knew that if you got into a barrel of toxic waste and it would turn you into a superhero, would you, in fact, jump in that toxic waste? Yeah, like all day, every day, two times you on would, Sunday. You would look exactly like the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, but like, I could probably still, I could probably still got some game, right? Well. You still make it work. Also with me tonight is Trey. Trey, would you get into the toxic waste dump if it would make you a superhero? Oh, man, I think it'd be a hard pass. I don't think I'd want to do that. Yeah, no. then I'd come beat your fucking ass. <laughs> well, Everybody I mean, needs a friend. True. Did you see him pee? That did not look healthy. Also with me tonight, we got a full house. Tyler, would you yeah, get man. into the toxic waste if you knew? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm staying out of the waste, man. He was You're staying out of the waste? I mean, there's a reason they waited half the movie to show you his face. <laughs> just a vanity thing for you? Yeah, I just... I've been growing out this trailer park goatee for a year. You think I did it because I don't care about my looks? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it is looking mighty trailer parky over there. Dude, I'm telling you. You're hanging out with bubbles there in no time. Nice. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Fuck you, that's my kitty. <laughs> All right, so this week we did the trauma classic, The Toxic Avenger. Now, have you guys ever heard of this movie or trauma? Only because you never shut the fuck up about it. That's yeah. not true. You, I mean, you've never defined trauma. I still don't know what it is. But yeah, I like it's it. a trauma movie. Hey, it's a trauma movie. I will tell you. All and right. we're like, what the fuck? But I didn't, I, I'm not Googling it out of spite. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> trauma is the studio that put out the Toxic Avenger. And they are the uh, proclaimed longest running independent studio in America. So they've put out lots of movies. They start out making teen sex comedies. Movies like Squeeze Play and The First Turn On. Kevin Costner was actually in one in the 80s. Uh, and then they came out with this movie, The Toxic Avenger, and that kind of changed everything for them. They make really cheap movies for like 500 grand, sometimes less. But yeah, a lot of people have gotten their start through here. Uh, Samuel Jackson's first movie was a trauma movie. Uh, James Gunn got a start here. 
which he wrote Tromeo and Juliet, which I know Tom was a big fan of. Love it. Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Marissa Tomei is in this movie for half a second. Well, I think it's also important, too. Like, So one of the things I didn't know, because Jason obviously introduced me to Troma. Now, I remember bits and pieces of seeing like the Toxic Avenger like cartoon that used to be on TV. Yeah, this when was, I was a cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't put, I finally put two and two together when, you know, Jason Wasn't it kinda, the Toxic Crusaders? Yes, it was. So Jason had reintroduced it to me, but they also did release a bunch of movies as well for other, for other smaller studios as well. So like, you know, one that Jason and I were talking about last week with Mad Dog Morgan, I mean, that had, um, Dennis Hopper in like one of his like first like starring roles. Yeah. That he actually got recognized for, and Troma actually released it for the production company. So. The company was started up by Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hers. Uh, Kaufman is actually, he's kind of the, the face guy, if you will. He's the one that's always at conventions and directs all the movies. And he also is the one that kind of goes over and like picks up. They distribute a lot of independent movies. Like if we made an independent movie, we could go to Troma and be like, all right, cool. Here's 50 bucks. We'll distribute it for you. We'll put it on our streaming site. <laughs> Sign me oh, up. Exactly. And he's actually written several books on how to make uh, your cheap movies, like make your own damn movie, produce your own damn movie. All I need to learn about filmmaking, I learned with the toxic. I learned from the Toxic Avenger, which James Gunn co-wrote with him. Wait. Well, I, well hang on. So James Gunn wrote Toxic Avenger. No, no, no. He wrote a book called All I Learn. All I Need to Know oh, About Filmmaking. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Uh, he wrote two movies for Trauma before he went off to do, you know, huge Hollywood stuff. Part of the reason why he got in trouble when that when he got canceled on Twitter was some stuff he had done with Trauma. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, that's also one of the rare occasions where, like, people actually said, hey, we might have overreacted about James Gunn. Yeah. And immediately brought him back. <laughs> yeah. The, I've actually got one of his books, and he wrote the foreword for it. And he talks about going to Lloyd Kaufman's desk and jerking off on it because he thought it was funny. Who hasn't been there, right? Exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't jerk off on their boss's desk all the time? But they're friends, right? Oh, yeah. He, he spoke at his wedding. So, <laughs> like, talking about it's disgusting and fucking weird. But did but he like, come on the desk? That's not, is, that, is that wrong if they're both okay with it? I, it's, I guess it's, I don't know. He just writes about it and he talks about how he... And that's it, why uh, it got canceled? Well, he, there was a lot of other things that got canceled. Uh, but did he, he crank off in the office, or did he bust one and leave it for him? Like, uh, I, I don't know if he didn't. He didn't necessarily like, say did he, he cleaned up afterwards. Stare him uh, in the eye. But yeah, he said he sat down and he said everybody was going from the office that night, and uh, the other guy who was with dared him to jerk off in Lloyd Kaufman's desk, and so he said he did. So he said he popped in a copy of Class of Newcomb High. Fast forward to a part with tits. And jerked off. So basically, he got five seconds into the movie because trauma is notorious for tit scenes. But now, uh, so so yeah. does that so does that make him like a Samoan brother? You know how like an Eskimo brother you have huh. sex with somebody else's sister? Like, what's the desk thing? I, th I think I think the relationship changes, not the uh, not the ethnicity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Who are the world's best desk makers? Um. <laughs> <laughs> the Amish. They're Amish brothers now. <laughs> but they've also discovered a lot of people. Uh, I guess Matt and Trey Parker, Matt Stone and Trey Parker got their start with Trauma. Their uh, movie Cannibal the Musical was the movie that they picked up and distributed. Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. She, one of her first early roles was in this very movie we're going to talk about later. Who was she? Uh, we'll get to it later. She's in the gym briefly. She's not a star. And I, you would never, never guess it was Marissa Tomei. 
unless you just yeah. know it. Yeah, exactly. You just I, like, know it. I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. Like spotting people in movies, never would have guessed it. <laughs> it's on her credits you know too, it. on her IMDb credits. So it's her. To, to me, uh, Slug looks more like Corey Feldman than Marissa Tomei looks like Marissa Tomei. Definitely, I can, I can totally yeah. see that. So you guys are ready for the breakdown? <laughs> So the movie opens in NYC, and there's a narrator who's mentioning all of the pollution of today's society. Hey, and we get to see uh, uh, the Twin Towers, actually. Yeah, it opens with that. It's always kind of weird when you see that in movies. Well, that's their screen. Like, I want to say that's their screensaver, but yeah, like, that's... What, what do you what do you call that? That's their... Their iconic symbol. Their iconic Well, yeah, picture, they do... Right? Like, most of their movies have the Twin Towers in there somewhere, because they're shot in New York City. The narrator reveals that Tromaville, actually in New Jersey is the toxic waste dumping capital of the world. Oh, it's has, in New Jersey? Yeah. Tromaville's oh, in New Jersey. Okay, I thought this was fiction. Toxic waste dumping Jersey. That makes no, sense to me. No, so no, no. Okay. The mayor's totally Chris Christie, so it all makes sense. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's New Jersey. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the mayor here soon enough. So the movie takes place in New Jersey, uh, in Tromaville, New Jersey, and it has a population of 15,000. They have that sign still, and if ever, ever they have a movie that takes place in Tromaville, you're going to see that sign. It's pretty It's, it's pretty iconic. I mean, I'm assuming I know the answer, but is every trauma movie in Tromaville? Almost. Uh, the only two that really aren't are... Trauma's War, which takes place in some island off the coast of like Costa Rica or something. Also, obviously, that's not Tromaville, but they're all coming from Tromaville, so that's kind of the tie in there. So uh, we talk, I know we all talked about trauma film, you know, a lot already. But when uh, is all of the because I haven't seen any trauma movies sure. before ever. Are all of them that same style, like the like propaganda style documentary start? So or, yeah, some of them, yeah, kind of. I know, like Class Nuka High, very much is, which is the other biggest movie, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very similar to Toxic Avenger. Is everything overacted too? Like, are they? I'm saying, are they all the oh, exact yeah, same style? They're or is all it very. Of... They're all very slapstick, cartoonish. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, all, right. all over the top. Uh, I didn't know if they ever stepped out. If it was always in the cluster. Of... Yeah, when you go into a trauma movie, you kind of know what style you're. If it's a one that they if they produce. Now, if it's something they distributed, that's kind of all over the place. Right. So it's kind of like they're own little grindhouse kind of style sure exactly uh, there's also varying things they throw in there too like so if you go to poultry geist like that that actually has a lot of like political symbolism in it which i think is sure. really cool with poultry geist so uh, the, the the modern day uh animal form yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then this one too like there's a lot of symbolism and like kind of parallels to uh some yeah. things going on but you know i just think it's it's perfect that it is it is uh it is new jersey to all our new jersey listeners we love you guys you yeah, must for holding it down up there uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was gonna name my band uh in college muff cabbage. muff cabbage yeah we didn't make it so the movie opens at a gym and that's where you see uh our hero melvin ferd uh, in the sequels his name is melvin junko they changed that. He's shown to be the main character, and his life revolves around the gym at Tromaville. The opening scene montage has a crazy, all these crazy folks at the gym. Uh, there's guys in Speedos running around. Uh, there's a fat guy getting a massage on the huge sub, which is Chris Christie. Apparently, they ate that later, by the way. Oh, yeah. That was part of catering for the day. They, uh, the sub shop gave them the catering to get a, a credit in the movie. So then we cut to four people at the gym in the hot tub and are talking about how much they hate Melvin. These are our antagonists, uh, Bozo, 
Slug, Wanda, and Julie. Uh, and of course, Melvin's uh, cleaning up the gym and he accidentally dunks a mop in the tub and they all freak out. It's when you get the first uh, bozo. He is stressing me. He's stressing me and then he just freaks out. Yeah, let's explain the acting real quick, though, because like, yeah. there's no way we could do it justice just breezing over it. So a- anytime yeah. in this entire movie, guys, it just picture like oh, any wrestler's response to a mean Gene Oakland interview <laughs> question. That is the acting in this movie from start to finish. I was thinking it would be, uh, I shouldn't know his name, but the guy from Seinfeld, the, the heaviest that guy who worked with the Yankees, anytime he freaked out. Uh, Jason Alexander. Yeah, anytime that he would freak out about something and get excited. <laughs> it's like okay so and bozo's completely roided out like like i mean you can you can tell that like there's something going on there like he acts like anybody on weed and reefer madness yes yes that's that's the reason i said the propaganda documentary thing because like the opening of it i literally thought this was a spoof because keep in mind i've never seen this movie before i thought it was going to be a whole documentary style spoof of like reefer Reefer madness but like a gore grindhouse style movie no, this is all about uh, a documentary spoof on uh, corpor- evil corporations and how they get the small, how they uh, kill the little man, which is a big theme in their movies. It's probably why they were independent the whole time. Yeah. They both actually went to Yale, and uh, Lloyd Kaufman grew up with Oliver Stone, like across the no street kidding. from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're also going to, we're, we're also uh, skipping over the, the wonderful Body Talk song. I was jamming to that. And honestly, it, it went for like five minutes. It was like the longest opening scene song I've ever seen. Well, I think it had to set the scene. Like, it had to set the 80s scene, right? Yeah. Where if you go in, it's like, um, if you remember, oh, um, let's get physical. Physical, you know? And, like, yeah, and shit like sure. that. Like, the gym is apparently where you can just be anybody you want to be. That's, what, that's <laughs> you know? what life was like before cell phones, man. Kids actually had to interact with each other and go out to the, the gym, get fit, and wear scantily clad clothing. And also in the movie, it then cuts to Slug and Bozo doing uh, like sit-ups, but they're changing it. They're switching the cigarette back and forth. Oh, was it a cigarette? I thought it was a joint. No, it's a, a cigarette. Uh, yeah, and so like in this point, like it, I thought it was like, uh, I, I kind of made a note, it's like Wolf of Wall Street. Where it's like the fucking 80s. Like, I thought it was a joint. And they're just like doing a joint while working out in the in the fucking gym in the 80s. I was like, the 80s, you could do anything. You could literally do anything. That's what it seems. I mean, we're jumping ahead, but remember the truck drivers with the bluff? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just faces yeah, yeah, covered. We are jumping up a bit ahead. That was Reagan's America. You could do whatever you wanted to. Right. Okay. As long as you were white, you could do whatever you wanted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So at this point, the movie goes to Slug and his girlfriend in the locker room. And there's a newspaper in Slug's locker. It's about a hit-and-run killer. You find out that Slug and Bozo have been running people over, and his girlfriend really likes when they hit them with the, with the car. Really gets her off, man. It really gets her going. Really like the sound of breaking bones. And, uh, of course, then, as it is an 80s B-movie, they start to have sex. These two actually later got married, so good for them. Oh, that's and nice. they divorced. Look yeah, that. but they've since been divorced, yes. But, hey. Well, good for them. I mean, that's America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, Melvin walks in as uh, they're having sex, and then she, she just pulls out a switchblade. You're skipping over his goofy laugh. <laughs> He's, yeah, there's that. And then she pulls out the switch name and says she'll kill him. Where does that switchblade come from? Hey, that's a woman's secret. Don't ask. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's a switchblade. So poor Melvin, he's in the he's in the right place at the wrong time, I guess, or or wrong place at the right time. I don't know what you say there, but you know, he popped in, popped yeah. in a little sex scene. So then the couple is driving around at night, 
And uh, Julie goes over the list of points for people that they kill. Uh, most are 25 points. But yeah, they're going over the, the scoring system for uh, how how many people, how many points you get for running people over. And it's all based on their ethnicities. And they use some pretty bad slurs. It's the 80s. It's pretty awful. And so then it cuts to a little kid uh, waving by to his sister. And he gets on his bike as he, I guess, uh, rides his bike home. So, of course, they see the kid. And it's the very famous, uh, they run over, the they hit the kid on the bike. And you think they've killed him. He's still moving around. So, what do they do? They turn that bad boy around and they run over his head. And you see it in all of its glory. And I was like, holy shit, this movie is fucking nuts. I mean, so the, the practical effect they used is super cheap and cool. And it yeah. really like makes it not a big deal, and because like I I actually read the that factoid before I saw that scene, and then I saw the scene, and I was like, oh oh god, that is disturbing. And it's not as much that one as the pictures later. I feel like that one. Yeah, just, I feel like you know it's just like so yeah. And then after they they run over the kid for the second time, the girlfriends run out and they start taking Polaroids and laughing and cackling to it. They want to do it again, but there's a reason why they don't do it again. Well, Slug Slug's got to go home and. And get up early in the morning to go to church, which was ad libbed by by Slug apparently. That's hilarious. It makes sense, but it's funny. And then, but then all the responses are like, "It's fair. It's a good point. Yep. It's a good point. It's good. No more of this homicide." I don't think he went to church. church though. I mean, he was at gym the next morning, so maybe that was his church. So the next day they're at workout class, and Slug decides to put a snake <laughs> in the instructor's shirt. Workout class. <laughs> This is definitely not Kanye's workout plan. Somebody goes to the gym a lot. Yeah. <laughs> not in 2020. But like, are we like this? This whole gym is basically it's it's basically like like a high school prankster. Like this is high school, and Slug and Bozo and like that group are the pranksters, right? This movie's basically like Grindhouse meets Elephant Man meets <laughs> Porkies. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. And they make a couple Elephant Man jokes in it, which is yeah. which is great. I mean, they knew what they were referencing. I mean, yeah. 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 So then they're they're playing racquetball. Uh Bozo again is freaking out and he throws the the ball at, at Melvin's face who's cleaning, but he's got his face just right up against the the glass. I mean, Melvin's being a fucking creep. Let's not. Yeah, like he's, not. he's he's totally being like a, a weird, creepy stalker guy. Yo, well, he's just cleaning. He just happens to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Dude, he was tongue in the mirror, <laughs> the window. <laughs> so uh, Julie comes up with a plan to really get that Melvin. So she walks up to Melvin and asks him to meet her in the girls' locker room because Bozo is just so out of control and she's scared of him. Rightfully so. <laughs> he is a psychopath. So then we get to the truck drivers that have all the toxic waste, and uh, they bring out a gallon of Coke. I think that's a good metric. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like a big gallon zip- Ziploc bag full of just Coke. It was it was a Jean-Claude Van Damme week's worth of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two guys... They're in the. They're driving the truck, right? And it's radioactive, and it pans to the radioactive waste, and it looks like there's not a fucking top on any of them. No top. There isn't. They're not just driving down the street with this radioactive like waste, right? And the guy goes, "Man, we've been driving for two hours. Let's pull over, man. Now we got this like crucial stuff in the back." And he was like, "Oh, but you got. You remember that dope? Shit, let's let's pull over, man." Oh goddamn! <laughs> but they this can't cannot stop, be though. good. They can't stop though. They got those cancerogenic stuff in the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, they're truck drivers. When you got to do blow, you got to do blow. 
If it weren't for those two doing drugs, then Melvin would have landed on the asphalt and died and wouldn't have saved all of those people and the town would have gone into... So really the heroes are the truck drivers. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah. So Melvin meets Julie in the locker room and she's undressing and says that Bozo has been mean to her. Uh, Tells her that uh, she wants to see Melvin a little bit later, but he has to wear a pink tutu and uh, meets her by the pool. Uh, So he doesn't want to wear the pink tutu because that's sissy stuff, but then of course... She drops her top, and you see those 80s uh, suntan. Yeah, the classic 80s uh, suntan. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I fully expected that. I fully expected, even like the first time I watched this, the uh, boing sound. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I'm (laughs) surprised it's not there. There's actually there. I mean, there's in the one I watched Terror Firmer the other day, which is another one of their big movies. And like every time somebody would stop having sex, you would get that like a. Noise like something like coming out of wet macaroni in a pot. Exactly, some of that whap. I would love to know the amount of times that trauma was probably used to Willem scream. Not as much as you would think. Really? Yeah. I feel like that's just like the classic sound they would love to do because they yeah. want to embrace it, kind of. So oh. you just you just named a scream, and I know I've, I had I've never known the name for it, but I know just when you said that what it is. You knew what I was talking about yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, like yeah. we don't have to have it. So listeners, imagine the scream you would hear in a movie. Odds are 95% of you are thinking of the Willem scream. Also love Melvin strutting around in the locker room in that pink tutu. Dude, I loved it, man. Dude, <laughs> Melvin became a man in that tutu. Well, the big question is, is like, would you do that? Would you put on a, put on a tutu? Uh, are you asking a serious question right now, Tom? Will we put on a pink Tutu and chances of getting laid by some hot chick. I mean, I'm all. I would do it. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to be a resounding yes from everybody on the podcast. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I, I'm, I'm down with it. Uh, you know, I thought I'd toss the question out there. Maybe, you know, maybe you guys have embraced that uh, side of yourself. So I'd wear a tutu, but I'd also be the one that uh, had the same exact thing happen. Lights turn on. Everybody's there laughing at me. They start and chasing me. You're fucking me. a sheep, and you're fucking a sheep. Fun fact, apparently they found out afterwards that that sheep was riddled with lice. Oh, yes. Yes. God bless him. So, yeah, anyway, he gets to the pool, and of course, there's actually a sheep. It's not Julie. And uh, he's trying to make out with the sheep, and everybody sees this, and he runs away. Uh, And they're all chasing him, and he jumps out of a window, and he lands straight into a toxic barrel. Who the fuck does that? I I mean, I get embarrassed, but who's just so embarrassed? That they jump out of a second story window. It's a bit of a stretch, yeah. And and briefly wearing a shirt and jeans, no less, when they're jumping out the window. <laughs> you know, they're working with what they got, all right? But then the best part is that they start getting out, and as he's like bubbling and catches on fire, Slug is like, he's faking it, Julie. If he can't take a joke, then fuck him, you know? I was like, he just fell into toxic waste, you idiot. <laughs> Well, I thought he was reacting too much. I was like, why do you care? You run over children at night. Yeah, exactly. But I also, I thought it was funny that um, a couple things here. It's like, oh, here come the cops to save the day. <laughs> and they start grabbing them and catch on fire. It's like, you fucking dunces. Jesus Christ. And um, I'm sorry to say that uh, Melvin reacting to the radioactivity uh, kind of looks like me dancing. So, <laughs> sorry to say that. <laughs> I have seen you dance. I've seen it you. Is. I've seen you. Tom, come on, man. I've seen. I've seen you dance. Don't be like that. He has way better rhythm than you do. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the way Tom moves. That's all I gotta say about that. It's not meant for you, Jason. It's not meant for you. 
a little uh, side trivia. So the scene where there's the uh, where where the the cop touches him to take care of him and his hands catch on fire. Apparently, like Melvin actually caught on fire during that scene. So like apparently, like when they were doing the pan shot, they did the the ignition. It jumped from his hand to actually his his pants. And Melvin actually caught on fire, and they had to put him out. <laughs> Damn. He was also the script supervisor for this movie as well. So he was the actor and script supervisor. How do you supervise a script? Like, make sure they don't go too off script? Yeah, or make sure everything's, like, continuity-wise, like uh, if somebody grabs right. something. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Make sure, uh, they, make sure the improv stays in continuity. Yeah, in continu- just make sure stuff. everything lines up with everything as good as possible for a movie like that. He was at NYU at the time. And uh, they just and he had been in a, a previous movie with Trauma before. He was in the first Turn On, I believe. Who played? He played a very similar character to Melvin. So Melvin then catches on fire and he runs all the way to his house and he takes a bath. What happens to Melvin as he's taking a bath? He's going through changes, and it's crazy, man. Like he's got the big ass bumps coming out, like. Like, he's turning into a dinosaur in his arms. I mean, it's the classic werewolf scene without the fucking werewolf. hair. Werewolf, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what it is, yeah. Uh, he's, his hair's falling out, uh, the bubbling on his, uh, his He arms went from are... looking like Tom to looking like Trey in, like, five seconds. <laughs> so, uh, then uh, Melvin turns into the Toxic Avenger, and his uh, his mom knocks on the door and says, Oh, my Melvin must have finally hit puberty. He's going through change. <laughs> I That's certainly hope that I did not sound like that <laughs> when I hit puberty slash masturbated. So he had to actually uh, go to the YMCA to get all this stuff scrubbed off of him. <gasps> young man. There's no need to fell down, I said, young, young man. man. I don't even know why I set you guys up for that. So, meanwhile, we go to Cigarface and his crew as they are talking to a cop and trying to pay him off. He refuses the bribe, of course, and then they attack him. So, first of all, we got old Clancy here. and uh, (laughs) It's old Clancy, and I I can't help but think about if you've ever watched How I Met Your Mother. Uh uh, Robin is Canadian, and her favorite sexual move is the old King Clancy. Oh, really? (laughs) I had forgotten about that. (laughs) <laughs> that just I don't know why it reminded me of that, but um it, so Cigar Face's crew is named Knuckles and Nipples. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Quite the crew he's got. Quite there. the crew he's got going on here. You mean the uh the Warriors ripoff gang? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could say, you could say that. So they put a cigar out on his face and then the toxic Avenger appears. Well, did they did they ever actually ask him to take the bribe? I'm that's my question. I don't think they actually they just put it in his pocket and just start beating the living shit out of him. I mean, if a, if a cop doesn't know that's a bribe, he uh shouldn't be a cop. <laughs> just saying, hey, he's a good guy. Or he's going to be a broke cop. Um and then, you know, obviously, uh one of the one of the trends, honestly trends in trauma is uh yeah, so they go from shooting his head off into uh shooting his dick and balls off. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of dick play in this one. Um, but yeah, the Vin- toxic Vinner shows up and he just beats the shit out of everybody. He, uh, he uses cigar face for a punching bag. Uh, he punches one of their noses in, pokes their eyes out, and the best part is when he throws cigar face in the trash can and then just crushes his balls. Dude, just straight up to the balls, man. Like speed like, bag and, punching. And like we we missed it earlier, but I was just like when he had the gun pointed at like. 
oh, uh, oh, Clancy's balls. I was just like, where was Cartman to come in and be like, not cool, man. <laughs> not cool to shoot people in the fucking balls. Not cool. But yeah, he just like, he just like speed fucking speed bag. He speed bags the guy earlier. Yeah. And then he speed bags his fucking balls as he shoved them into the, the can. And it's just like, there's a lot of groping going on here. I don't know if that's okay or meant to be that way. And Cigar Face is the only person that's been in all four Toxic Avenger movies. This actor. He's been a different person each time. No, there's another one too. The guy that ends up in the um other to- the rest of the Toxic Avenger movies, he's he has a cameo in this one. About, uh, the original the guy you talking about Melvin? No, no, no. So there's a guy like in the rest of the Toxic Avengers, he he's a different character in this one, but he's a main character in another one. I haven't seen him. Okay. Obviously. But he's one of the bikers that uh tries to uh harass mm. uh the uh the, the blind girl. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. Two and three are pretty bad. Toxic <laughs> Avenger four is really good. Uh and it's on Prime for free right now if you ever, if you guys want to check it out. And you don't need to see two and three to watch that one. It even says at the beginning of part four. Two and three sucked. We're sorry about that. Here's Toxic Avenger 4. And it's narrated, and it's narrated by Stan Lee. Oh, shit. Yes, and it is super offensive. It is super offensive, too. So get ready for that. <laughs> so another point that I like, I, it's just like in this scene, there's just so much shit going on, right? So you yes. got, uh, I don't know if it's, I, I can't remember. I think I'm pretty sure it's going to be Nipples, who has yeah. the, the dress on. And I was like, what kind of karate is that? We were just like flailing <laughs> oh, the dress. The dress. Yeah. <laughs> I hike my scunt at you. I kill you. So that actor, that uh, <laughs> has everybody here seen Parts and Rec? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He reminds me of the he reminds me of the Animal Control guy. Uh, guy. He's like, I know oh, you're talking about. So what you want me? You, how you want me to kill them birds? You want me to drown them in a tub? You want me to shoot them with a <laughs> yeah. gun? Don't don't really kill the birds. Kill all birds. Got it. I'll call you back. <laughs> as soon as I get done killing all yeah. these birds. Oh, also, and then uh, Cigar Face runs off, and he is like full on singing soprano. It's like, I'll get you for this. Yeah, like yeah, uh, South Park Mickey Mouse style voice. Because Christians are retarded. <laughs> oh, you just sounded like uh, uh, ginger, uh, the gingerbread man in uh, Shrek. Not my buttons. Not my gumdrop buttons. <laughs> Do you know the Muffin Man? The one who lives on Drury Lane. The Muffin Man. <laughs> oh, he's she's married to the Muffin Man. Stinger. That's like the only. That's like the only impression that I do well. <laughs> you do Tom Petty well. That's my look. I can't really fix that. You got resting Tom Petty face. <laughs> <laughs> RTP. RTP over here. So. Uh, at this point, the cop talks to the press about a monster that saved his life, and then you get the the classic newspaper spinning at the which was apparently them a cheese wheel that they just kept spinning towards the camera. And then you see Mayor Bell Goody again, Chris Christie, is up for re-election and is a a dirty mayor. He talks to the officers and the mobsters about the attack. Yeah. Well, are we just going to skip over the fact that the headline on that was "Monster Mops Up the Bad Guys"? Monsters mop up mobsters. Mobsters. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's a pretty good one. So then we go to Slug's girlfriend, uh, Wanda. She's in the sauna, and she's looking at these Polaroids and getting a little frisky. Uh, And then, of course, Slug sneaks in and scares her and says he's Melvin the Mop Boy. Melvin Elephant Man. That's um, that's an interesting finish to have. Just, uh, just, just putting that out there. That's that's different. She might be the worst person in the movie. 
So Melvin goes home, uh, and then of course he uh, he's knocking on the door and says, "Hey, mom, it's me." She does not believe him and completely locks him out. So then you just get a, a bit of a montage of him walking to the dump, and then he moves in. He's down on his luck. Uh, but okay, so I've I noticed something. So after his mom, you know, rejects him, and he goes yeah. and he starts making a place of his own. He has a picture of mommy, right? And he hangs yeah. it on the wall. If you recall, that same picture of mommy was next to the bathtub, like eye level if you're sitting in the bathtub right behind it. Really? Dude, he lived in a shanty. Yeah, but when he went into the no, bathtub- no, before he left home. Before he left home at his oh. mom's home. Oh, oh no. Why was there a picture of his oh, mom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then we go to the mayor. Uh, he's speaking with others about the dump, and he wants to sell that property- even though it's highly contaminated, but it's all valuable waterfront property. It's just highly contaminated. And then they all evil laugh because they decide that's what they're going to do. Again, New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> I feel like we've shit a like, lot on New Jersey in only, <laughs> what, seven episodes? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so, I, you know, I don't, I, I probably may or may not should not bring this up and we can cut it, but, like, but like if you go to that class action park, like documentary like Dude. this seems like it, it it matches up perfectly dude should not have owned that land to build it but new jersey no. was like eh, new jersey we'll northern florida dude and uh <laughs> and yeah like a bunch of people got hurt a couple people got killed they're like uh we're just gonna wash our hands of this like yeah like and and again to our new jersey listeners love you guys you know what you are <laughs> love you <laughs> But all right, so like, but I, but I love this scene. You know why? There's a couple of reasons I love this scene. Okay. So obviously, like they're 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 gonna get the waterfront property, you know, because that's important. But he yes. he makes the quote better living through chemistry. And then they never reference that again, by the way. Yeah. But like, so like you you're looking up the like the better living through chemistry. Like so apparently like it was a it was a Dupont slogan. Like for the longest time. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's that's nice. Yeah. So like for at least fifty years, and then so like better living than chemistry, and it also reminded me, and this is kind of maybe a little inside joke, but like uh, of the BASF commercials from like the early nineties. <laughs> so like they were super weird, right? So it's like no, we don't make the wall paint white. We make whiter. We don't make the color blue blue. We just make it bluer. We don't make the jet ski run. We make it run cleaner. Hold on. <clears throat> hold, on hold on. I really want to try. I really want to try my, uh, my, my BASF commercial. All right. <clears throat> we don't make the paint white. We make it whiter. We don't make the air clean. We make it cleaner. We don't make the jet ski run. We make it run smoother. BASF. We don't know what the fuck we do. <laughs> but like, but they like they're creepy commercials. Like, yeah, you go back and what look the fuck at them. Is right? From the, what are and these? Like, they're from These're the commercials 90s. from the nineties. So, Time out. I'm gonna share it. Just everybody sit on it because it's insane. At BASF, we don't make the cooler. We make it cooler. We don't make the jeans. We make them bluer. Making jeans here. We don't make the toys. We make them tougher. We don't make the water scooter. We make it lighter. At BASF, we don't make a lot of the products you buy. We make a lot of the products you buy better. BASF. Uh, dude, 
Dude, it's fucking weird, right? Dude, I forgot all about those commercials, and as soon as he, I was like, dude, that is 100%. It's the creepiest fucking shit ever. It reminded me of those, and I, I don't know, it just kind of, those always creep me out a little bit. And the better part of the, the quote, Better Living Through Chemistry, it's Queen's of the Stone Age song. It's a quality song. It is, song. and it's about them drugs. About them drugs. After all that, we get to the famous Mexican restaurant scene. I've seen this movie in theaters before. Uh, the Alamo Draft House uh, played a screening of it. And I was it was a pretty full house, but I always remember uh, halfway through this Mexican restaurant scene, a girl looking over at, uh, I guess, the group she was with, and she goes, what the hell did you guys take me to? <laughs> I bet I know what scene it was. It was this Mexican restaurant scene. Actually, you know, was even better. No, I don't even. I, I was about. I meant to say what part of the scene it was. But I know what part I, it was. I do not know. I think milkshake. I know. No way, dude. Milkshake was the worst. It was either it it was either the gun at the baby or shooting the dog. It was the dog yeah, part. The dog. Okay. The dog. Was, oh yeah. Even though I listened to Lloyd Kaufman. I listened to his director commentary the other day for this. It was like the thing we've probably gotten the most blowback from any of our movies, and there's been some fucking shit in their movies. Uh, was them shooting the golden retriever? That has been the thing they've gotten they didn't the most really blowback. Shoot the golden retriever. They really did point a gun prop at a kid's head, and that actor quit after that scene. By the way. Yeah, he felt bad. So the Mexican restaurant starts with a uh, three guys come in to rob the place. They hold a shotgun to the baby. They get the money from teenagers. They just completely shoot one of the older guys trying to be a peacemaker. But of course, the one guy actually shoots him says, what? It was in self-defense. There's a fucking party going on outside. Is this the perfect time to rob the Mexican place? So earlier with Cigar Face, the dude from Parks and Rec, and Manga from Blazing Saddles, that was like a Warriors ripoff gang, right? Okay, yeah. This is literally another Warriors gang, but shittier. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the half-painted face. Yeah. Shit like that, yeah. Uh, The overalls and the Speedo. So, also, at the Mexican restaurant, did anybody else notice they had samurai swords on the wall? I was going to bring that up in a minute. Like, yeah. Maybe it was, like, the other one when um, that photo that went viral a while, like, a long time ago, where, like, a Mexican restaurant bought a a Chinese restaurant, and instead of painting over the pandas, they just put sombreros on them. (laughs) Maybe. I love it. I uh, so I like to think it's the same scenario where like, <laughs> yeah. hey, there's summer surround swords. Let's just put a sombrero over it. And it's, it's Mexican now. Yeah, apparently it's a Popeye's now. That, it that, is. I saw yeah. that too. Yeah. Oh man, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh it's my fucking goodness. awesome. Dude, Dude, I, had Dude. One, I had one not too long ago. So then we get to, we see a blind girl. And of course they shoot her, her golden retriever. A uh, very sad moment. The leader of the robbery notices the, the, the girl is blind. And then we get this sort of problematic, He you know, he bends her over, he's about to rape her. But before he can go through with it, the Toxic Avenger comes in and he saves the day. Gets in a fight with all of these guys. He rips off, uh, I guess, Leroy's arm, uh, which was fine because he only had one arm to begin with. Wait, what? Oh, because the actor yeah. only had one arm? Yeah, the actor only had one arm. And apparently uh, if you actually watch it, like it's clearly a prosthetic. He never, it never moves. I was in the Lloyd Kaufman and he was talking about it. And we really, really did ourselves a disservice by not just showing his stump at some point, like his bloody stump. I don't know why really we didn't. <laughs> That's what he said. I was like, why didn't you do that, Lloyd? I didn't <laughs> think of that, but yeah, absolutely, you fucking idiots. Yeah, exactly. And it would have been so cheap, just like rip off his arm and you see his stump and just have blood pouring from it. Like... When you rip off his arm, just his whole shirt comes with it or something? Yeah, just exactly. so you really show that it's just his fucking stump? That'd be yeah. badass. Yeah. And then uh, he gets in a fight with one other uh, guy who has nunchucks. And then one of them pulls sword from the Mexican restaurant and it makes a milkshake out of one guy. 
which is pretty great. Turns it on and he kills that guy, and then he takes the other guy and puts him in uh, the fryer. I don't know how that really killed him though. So, all right, when you say when you say he made this guy a milkshake, he had a, a gallon of milk, and I thought he was going to drown the kid in milk first. Then he starts scooping ice cream on into his mouth and on his nose, and then whipped cream, chocolate, and then a cherry on top. Yeah. I thought he was like going to drown him in that, but then the milkshake machine puts it into his mouth and just oh uh, it was it was probably my favorite kill yeah. yeah you know why i like that kill because like they did it by knowing they didn't have to explain it you know like they they jammed that thing into his mouth like what did it kill him i don't fucking know let's just do it from the back of his head and have blood shoot out it'll be fine exactly yeah and it's a memorable book how many times have you had it seen that somebody get killed by a milkshake maker exactly you know <laughs> so also at the restaurant so he bends like i guess a pole around one of the guys and he just puts their hands in the fryer now that sucks that wouldn't have killed that guy though would well, it I, I think it might have actually i mean shock like, to a heart attack maybe, yeah or? like it would have yeah. shocked to a heart like heart attack yeah then he took the leader and he threw him in the oven the pizza oven at the mexican restaurant yeah, you know, they've got those. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and then you've got the drunk cook and Johnny, who both work there, and they're just watching the whole sun, the whole scene unfold, and just, they're the, the worst two witnesses to have to a crime. Oh, we can't believe him. He's drunk. And then after that, Toxie leaves, and he uh, assists the, the blind girl, takes her back to her place because she doesn't have a, a CNI dog anymore. And then the police officers show up. So we skipped it like, earlier. I feel like we should, we're just going to ignore the fact of like what Toxic Avengers voice was. It's dubbed over. Narrated, narration style, like the best yeah. non-accented male voice you could imagine. Follow me, Johnny, and we'll go down to the post office. Yeah, and it's like that in all four movies. Every yeah. quote we do from now on, we're doing in Tyler's voice. <laughs> <laughs> that was That was perfect. I feel like I actually like mentioned it earlier, though. I think I mentioned it yeah. like his voice. But he went from, like, you know, water boy to... <laughs> water boy, perfect. So, Toxie goes to her home, uh, and she's being very clumsy and uh, several times kind of uh, hits him in the balls. Like classic is... stereotype blind girl in yes. any comedy. <laughs> My favorite exactly. was when, uh, watch, your, watch your step at the top, Melvin, and then she just face plants. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't was expecting it. Fantastic. That was yeah. good. And then she's got like a whole like rack of cane, walking sticks yeah, everywhere. And, and for some reason, in that moment, it felt like airplane like style comedy. Oh my god, yeah. it really did. Just yeah. that one scene. Did airplane come out before or after this though? Before, like two years before, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, the cops are investigating the restaurant, and one employee says they were saved by a monster. Uh, back at Sarah's house, she reads his palm and says he's going to be an important man. And then she grabs his junk a little bit. Boy, and she's like, "Ooh, okay." And then she gets excited about that. And I was like, "Well, you think you think his junk's as brailed up as his hands are?" Hmm, maybe. I'm just saying, proportional-wise, from what we've seen, it's definitely rib for her pleasure. So, if palm <laughs> readers look at, you know, the, all the, the the lines in your palm, would penis readers look at the veins in your penis? Could they tell out where you're... What else would they be looking at? <laughs> if you're reading my dick, I hope you like poetry, because I'm rocking a haiku. <laughs> <laughs> so... They're talking to a doctor, and he, they're analyzing what this monster is doing, and he says that he only attacks bad people and has a basic instinct to destroy evil. Back at the gym, there's a guy selling drugs, and uh, the girls are into the pictures. So the dealer is giving his uh, money to the mayor, because, you know, you got to kick back to the, the boss. 
he starts doing some more drugs and does his workout. Toxie runs into the gym and smashes his head on a workout machine. Impale slash squishes. Yeah, it was, but dude, as soon as he laid on that bench, I knew he was getting it oh like yeah. that. There's something, there's something bad going on. Oh, yeah. Between that and his little shady eye, eye shift of, of snorting blood right yeah, before he yeah. did it. Yeah, right in the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah. So after this dude gets his with the weight bench, back to the mops. How many times has he come to this freaking gym on a hunt? He knows there's a lot of bad people yeah. there. That's where he came from. So he knows all he knows all the bad people that are there. Yeah, but he walks in and, and they're like, Oh hey Melvin, who are you killing today? Well no, they were running away from him. Yeah, they did all run away from him. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know why they were running away from the Why? Tyler? He's going through dangers. Wait, so like as he gets to the pool when uh when, I I forget her name, but she's she's, you know, masturbating to the pictures. Yeah. The sign says, persons with inflamed eyes, nasal or ear discharges, bowel boils, and other infectious diseases in our body <laughs> infections shall be excluded from the pool. Well, that's only my second favorite sign of the whole episode of the whole movie. My favorite one was earlier with the uh, with the 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 first uh, warrior ripoff gang. The scene started on a on a bit of graffiti slash a sign that said, "No pissing Tuesday, Thursday, or Saturday, eight a.m. to eleven thirty p.m." I'm glad that's you brought that back, back man. That I love that's that. actually coming right up after this. Uh, so Slug's girlfriend, uh, Wanda, she goes to the sauna again. And she starts to masturbate to the pictures of the, I guess, the 12-year-old boy that they killed. Oh, dude, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what, what she's doing. What the fuck else are you thinking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's a dead body, sure, but a dead 12-year-old boy body? Yeah. That's, That's what they ran worse. over. Yeah. I know. Wait, yeah. hold on. Let, wait, we're we're glossing over. Tyler's okay with masturbating to a dead body. Just not dead kids. Yes, dude. Come on, have some class. <laughs> Every man has to have his standards, and I'm glad you have some. <laughs> I like to crack open a cold one just as much as the next guy, but they got to be at least 18. <laughs> he might be a murderer, but he is not a child murderer, okay? <laughs> Toxie comes in. He's uh covered up the same way Slug was earlier. She walks in and Toxie, or she pulls a blanket off, and you finally get to see to- the Toxic Avenger's face. And it's something, all right. It is, you know, his eyes kind of drooping down. It looks like sloth. He does. This is pre-sloth. But yeah, he does look like kind of like sloth. Is it pre-sloth? It's like 83. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, wait, when was 90? 90- no, it was like 87 Two? or something like that. 87? Okay. Wait, I knew it was sloth like, that from is exactly what? what I was going to say. He looks like the he looks like Sloth from the Goonies. Huh? Oh, I've never seen the Goonies, uh-huh. believe it or not. What did you do as a child? Jason's watched 408 movies last year. I watched 15. So he picks her. He picks Wanda up, and he puts her on those hot stones, and he says, what does he say, Tyler? Let this be a lesson to you, hot ass. And then it just cuts to him pissing acid in the streets. So then, yeah, as he's pissing, a pimp comes up to him and offers up a uh, young female. 12-year-old girl for $12. That's uh, quite the awfulness going on right there. She was uh, going to the David Bowie concert, Tom. Uh, rest in peace, David Bowie. Yeah, rest in peace. Fashion. So then, of course, he beats the shit out of the, the pimps, and he helps the girl back into the limo. I'm assuming they had a good time at the David Bowie concert. He was probably like the second least weirdest person at that concert. So after this, you get one of many montages in this movie, because there's a lot. Uh, so you get a montage of Toxie saving two kids from Slug and Bozo. 
they were trying to run those two kids over, so they're still being awful. Uh, he helps an old lady cross the street. He opens popcorn for uh, for a lady, and as he opens it, the popcorn starts popping. As Ty- Tyler said, he is radioactive. Proof he's radioactive. Uh, and a newspaper flying at the camera says the monster has been won over by the town, and the mayor says they're going to kill the monster. So what would his uh, what would his theme music be? Would it be like radioactive by? Um no, that's too lame. I, I, I personally, in my head, I like to think, let me tell you about my best friend. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing that bothered me about it, because I thought the montage was perfect as far as like the the show and how it does it, but also like the lightheartedness of like the walking and the only thing that I was really confused about, like what? And, and maybe I was missing something. The scene where he like, it does the like half spin of the newspaper. It doesn't show a title. And yeah, then it cuts and he like the- rips off a shirt and takes off a hat and the, the aviator glasses. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what that was all about it either. It did that like three times. Like it, it, I kept waiting to write down the headlines because I love them so much. So then Cigarface and his crew surround the Toxic Avenger. And they say they're going to give him six more assholes compliments of me. Cigarface. Toxic jumps and they all shoot each other perfectly. Thugs show up and they start harassing uh, Sarah. And then uh, she says that her boyfriend's on the way. And they start catcalling and then Melvin just shows up. And they all run away. And then cue another montage of uh, them falling in love as uh, she starts to undress and he starts to just smoke. He was up there Hulk smashing the blind girl and her parents were downstairs just... Was that, his, <laughs> was that her parents or was that just her downstairs neighbors? I think it's just her neighbors. I think she lives by herself. I mean, she's hot though. Like Toxie, Toxie landed a good one. She's she's pretty. She's pretty cute. Dude, she's the smoke show. Are you kidding oh, me? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is the exact same thing that happened with the thing in Marvel comics. He's he's uh married to Betty, who's a blind woman. So think it was a reference. Maybe. So then they of course then they they have sex and they smash, and then she makes him an insane amount of eggs, and then uh she moves into the toxic dump with him, and they dance. Which is a, one of the greatest dance of all time, and uh, they hula hoop, and it's oh, it's this is the eighties. The eighties are a great time. I want to experience the eighties because it seems like a lot of things were like more laissez faire. Like, don't get me wrong, like it's just depicted that way in movies and in song. Because I think eighties pop music, and Trey, I think you'll agree with me, fucking fantastic. It's just it's just so much better than the nineties and two thousands. I just, I want to go back. That's what I was about to interrupt you with. Like, it was, I was born in 88, so don't, I'm not going to go about to go into this rant and everybody think I was just like, you know, saying it that, like I was, you know, grew up in the 80s because I didn't. But like, 90s grunge and up is my kind of style of music, don't be wrong. Like, it's usually my favorite styles. However, something about 80s pop is just a, like completely separate from my music preferences. And it's just like an amazing style of just like putting you in a certain mood that just, they can't be topped. Toxie returns to the gym for Julie, and she sneaks under her bench. Uh, she's screaming, and at this point, a another gym goer walks into the locker room, and it's none other than Marissa Tomei. Trey said he's a big fan of Marissa Tomei. I have no opinion one way or another. I expected okay, some sort of reaction out of you there, fella. Wise from everything you text me all week. She drives me crazy. Ha, ha, ha. Like no one else. Ha, ha. <laughs> she drives me crazy and I can't help myself. How many lawsuits are we going to get from this one episode? 
our 40 listeners are going to rat us out. I know <laughs> I it. Know, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, a fine young cannibals probably need some money these days, too. So Toxie takes his jewelry down to the, I guess, the basement of the gym because uh, no one's helping her. And she gets to the elevator and Toxie jumps out and says, Going up? So she gets, I guess, down in the basement. And, um, she barricades herself. And Toxie tears down the door and he raises the scissors as she just screams at the camera. And that's it. We never see Julie again. I think she died. Why? Why though? Why did why did Trumbull decide to take that stand to not Well, I was listening to Lloyd Kaufman talk about it and he was like, uh, well, the girls weren't supposed to die at that point anyway. They're supposed to die much later in the movie. Oh, so you basically weren't writing her off, but they might be writing her off kind of thing? Yeah, same thing with Wanda. I mean, you only saw her him burn her ass. That sucks. I'm sure yeah. that hurt a lot. You don't die from that. I mean, I think they should have died. They should have. And they were going to it, but they just weren't going to die at that point, apparently. Well, I mean, we're like half fucking way in the movie. I mean, they had to I don't think anyway. they knew how they were going to write off the two guys yet, so they wanted yeah. to save them. Um, and then it cuts to Bozo screaming that she is stressing him. She is. He's stressed. He's so stressed. That, that, that face that Trey's making right now that you can't that see. That everybody can see. Exactly. So to blow off stress, they see an old lady getting out of her Japanese import. They offer to help her out, uh, and then uh, they near in the gut throw her groceries away, and just beat her with her cane, and then they steal her car. That is a classic Toyota Corolla. You know what that is? Japanese import. I mean, Tom would know. I mean, it came out the year he started driving. So. <laughs> <sighs> but nah, man, he beat that old lady like a dog. Yeah, it was very yeah. uncalled for. But, you know, I mean, he's, uh, you know, we got to think Bozo's fucking roided out. I mean, they have to be roided out, right? I mean, the, like, that has I to mean, be I mean, they part. made a roided or, or is earlier, this like so. a, is this like a normal, is this a normal New Jersey thing? Well, yeah. Do, I mean, obviously. Have you, have you seen the Jersey Shore? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. They got to beat the beat up. They got to beat the grandma up. GTL, baby. As they're driving away, they see Toxie as he jumps in front of their car. Yeah, they go to hit him, and he somehow grabs the top of the windshield, yeah. and that hangs on. And first of all, this is like the point where I finally wrote down in my notes, like, uh, so, like, I guess they just got car damage turned off in the settings for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, they hit uh, the kid and back over him and explode his head, no blood or damage. Yeah. And now they do it and hit a giant seven-foot fucking man. Like, yeah. I guess, like, when they hit the kid, you could you could chalk it up like, hey, he's little, and it's like a it's like a, a sports car that's, like, super sleek and aerodynamic, so it rolled off properly. Yeah. I guess you could say that. But now you hit the, you hit, you hit Toxie with, in a, in a, like, sedan, and not a single dent in the entire car. Well, I mean, I'm not being that critical, okay? Like, it's. You know, it's a movie. It's a crazy fun movie. I've not done that. Yeah. So as he's on top of the car, he just grabs Slug and throws him out of the car. And we're, I guess, we're led to believe that Slug is now dead. Is that really when he wrote like that? Like, is that the last time we see Slug? That's the last time we see Slug. What an unjustifiable death, dude. No. What? What do you mean unjustifiable? Unjustifiable? How? Like he should have died harder. Unvalidated. What an unvalidated. Right. He should have died harder. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm going to tell the rest of the scene, Jason, if that's okay, just because I want to, like, explain that's what I'm fine. saying. He throws Slug out, and then, like, it's just him, and, Bo- and then he gets in the car with Boza. And then, like, him and Boza are in the car, and, like, they fight for the steering wheel. Obviously, Toxie, you know, wins the fight over the steering wheel, and they start driving through everything, which is weird, because, like, Toxie's all about people 
you know, say, you know, being the being the protagonist. But like he just says, fuck everybody else in this scene and starts hitting people right and left. Like they, yeah. they barely jump out in the nick of time while they're fighting for the steering wheel. They're going down random streets. They cause a bunch of wrecks. You, you could argue whether or not somebody died in some of those wrecks. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially oh, yeah. the, the, the one car that flipped over. Also, they drive through a playground with a bunch of kids and teachers and like, they barely get it out of the way in time before like they get killed. Like I a hundred percent thought one of them was getting hit. Right. One of the yeah. kids. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like for sure. Like, I mean, like I guess Tom and Jason can't really relate cause I've seen it enough times. Like they know what's happening. First time I've seen it. And I was just like, Oh my God, they're about like, well, they already ran over one kid. I, I thought, I thought, yeah. the enti- I thought the entire plot was going to pivot. Yeah. Where, yeah, I did too. Because like he got too focused on accomplishing his own goal, which he uh, was able to rip someone's arm clean out of their socket earlier, but couldn't, you know, take the wheel away from this guy any faster than he did or just fucking kill him. So like that, and then they finally end it. And then they, as they're passing through the people and like all the kids finally get out of the way, just the next time they drive it off a cliff and then the car explodes, both of them in it. And then Toxie climbs out fine. And then like uh, uh, Bozo's laying there. So that was, Bozo laying there is what I wanted to get to. And that's the reason I wanted to tell that part of it. And so like, you have the two biggest antagonists in the entire movie. And Slug just gets thrown out of the car and assumed dead. And then Bozo gets exploded, but his body's just laying out and doesn't look fucked up. Like, that was the perfect chance oh, for Trauma. Charred. It was charred. Well, the car does explode. Well, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The car explodes. And, like, yeah, he was charred, but that was the perfect time for Trauma to be full Trauma and have his, like, brains leaking out and the arm yeah. missing and have my arm scattered. Like, they could have made it a lot gorier than they did other than him just laying out, obviously, dead. Yeah. Looking like a callus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I just don't understand, like, their two biggest antagonists, they just softest deaths in the movie, in my opinion. I would say this one's of the other, this one's probably the hardest one of the other three. Because, I mean, he he goes off a he goes off a cliff and it explodes. I would say this is a little bit. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, like I feel like, I a part of me feels like I was robbed of the deaths I deserved. Yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, I wonder was that what Trauma was trying to do? Uh, you just felt unsatisfied by their death. So then we go to Miss Haskell, who is uh, showing up to a dry cleaner, uh, and she has her son's pants, who's just been out with his best girl, um, and they're cum crusted jeans. Essentially, is that what that was? Does, yeah, you didn't get that's what that was. Yeah, that's exactly what those were. He's going through time. So the owner of the dry cleaners gets a ticket from a police officer, and he runs outside, and then the Toxic Avenger shows up, and he grabs her, and he throws her in an industrial washer, and then he dry presses her. But like all of a sudden, like she turns into a gangster, by the way. I don't even know what this is. And the guy's like, yeah, me neither. As soon as she, he pushes her in the back of the head, he's, she's basically, hey, who the fuck is pushing me, bitch? And then, but like, also, too, like, then he goes to the thing, she starts screaming. And he's like, uh, no ticket, no washi. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where they're like making fun of Chinese people. I was like, but, yeah. <laughs> but I just love the, the owner, like, he's, you know, out there arguing with the cops to not give him a ticket because he has to go to a funeral, I guess. But then he comes back in, Mrs. Haskell, you know, you know customers aren't allowed on that machine. 
<laughs> and she's like planking. Uh, at, least, at least when he walks in, it looks like she's planking on a machine over there. Uh, so then uh, they get another newspaper. It says, a uh, monster kills innocent woman. Then you cut to Toxie sneaking up in his Ugg boots on Sarah. <laughs> um, and she welcomes him home. And he's very upset. And he tells Claire that he is, in fact, the monster that she's been reading about. She says that she loves him anyway. And they decide to go somewhere to be alone where he can't kill anyone. So Mayor finds out that the lady... Uh, who they thought was innocent, has a rap sheet a mile long and was a head of a human trafficking ring. Mayor says they have to cover it up and uh, gives the okay to kill the monster. And then, of course, the chief of police goes, Mind Fuhrer, again, showing that this chief of police is actually a, or a former Nazi. Kind of gives me, um, it gives me uh, Jojo Rabbit vibes. Yeah, I didn't talk about that, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so then the mayor gives a press conference saying he's a menace and that they are on a massive manhunt to kill the monster, and that he needs more pictures of Spider-Man. And I thought that Mrs. Haskell was a great woman and a pillar of the community. So the chief is giving orders to find and kill the monster. But of course, the cop who was saved earlier in the movie, he uh, objects, but the chief immediately shuts him down. The other people that he saved uh, having conversation over why he's killing the monster, and uh, they are very torn over this. So the police force is out with dogs uh, that look kind of like German shepherds. They're definitely not, though. <laughs> so they're out for looking for Toxie in the woods, and to find him, uh, of course, him and uh, his girlfriend, Sarah, and they notify the chief and the mayor. So then the mayor decides he's going to call the governor or the National Guard to capture the monster they managed to get tanks for this movie i was super impressed by that and they got they got their money's worth yeah so oh, apparently yeah. they like kind of called up the national or i guess the national guard for them to like do some training and uh, they were like yeah okay we'll do this uh it, it, they just worked out in new jersey like <laughs> so the tanks they were allowed on to get the monster the town folks hear about this and where he's at and they also decide to go to where he's at as well all of them surround his tent with the soldiers, tanks, and townsfolk, which is hilarious to me that they're just chilling in the tent, and while these tanks just moved up and they never realized, they don't hear the tanks roll up. He's still asleep in there! So the mayor decides to move in and kill him, but the National Guard says they have direct orders to capture him instead. So the townsfolk and his mom all of a sudden protest, but the mayor is steadfast and decides that he's going to kill the monster anyway and the chief goose steps and follows his orders so at this point toxic toxic finally walks out of the tent and everyone protects him uh the soldiers stand down and then the mayor tries to shoot him but he fails but that was because clancy right clancy says you know what these are my kids then toxic finally walks up to the mayor and he just completely cowers down and says he'll give him all the money he'll give him a cut of all the the sales and the drug money and then Toxie just asks him if he has any guts. And then rips that motherfucker's guts out. Like, just literally punches him in the stomach and pulls out the guts. Back to you, Meg. We've got the purple team in first place with 400 points. And <laughs> second place on global guts. <laughs> Fuck you guys, man. <laughs> global guts from Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, man, I used to love that show. And so he rips his guts out, and I was like, this was very satisfying. The other ones may it not have been as, as satisfying as this one. It is. I'm going to be honest. I wrote this quote down. So excited to say it, but Tyler has to say it. Yeah. And I need you to say it right now. Toxie rips out the guts of the mayor and then looks at Officer Clancy and says what? Officer Clancy, 
Take care of this toxic waste. Perfect. And then everybody just gathers the fuck around and cheers. By the way, like I don't care how like crooked the mayor was. Like everybody just saw him rip a man's. They guts were out. very concerned. At well, first. no, he like so. Are we not going to talk about how he tries to shove it all back in? Yeah. I love this movie. I, I, I do. think this movie is great. I, I, I really also, do. Let's go into our writings. We can go in there, Tom. So what do you what do you write this movie? I think it's I think it's written well. You know, I think it's acted well. I mean, given the given the the amount of money they had in the budget, uh, and just kind of what they're going for. They're not going for a blockbuster movie. You know, it's not something that, like they're they're trying to set the world ablaze or anything like that. I'm gonna get like, dude, of the B movies that I've seen. And I walk away like where there's there's a good amount of like funny scenes, you know, a continuation of the plot. I'm going to go seven and a half. Um, well, go ahead. I got to second pretty much everything that, that Tom just said. So to me, like trauma kind of makes movies for that 15 year old dirtbag and everybody, you know. The one who wants to see like crazy, I'm like ridiculous the teenage dirt bag baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Friday, don't say maybe. You know what that guy said to that twelve-year-old? I've got two tickets to David Bowie, <laughs> baby. Yeah. So they, they mean, like I said, they 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 make movies for those teenage dirt bags inside of everybody. They're not high art, I guess you can say, even though they get always get premiere at uh, the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Um, they go to they play at these movies at Cannes Film Festival. They get they're most of them are all fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. People really enjoy these movies. They're just fun, you know. And that's really what I want when I see, watch a trauma movie. Everyone sit down, and they've got some pretty good uh, social commentary for most of the part too. Sure, there's some things that could probably be tightened up. Uh, some of the acting is, even for the, this kind of movie standards, it could be better. Um, but I just really, really enjoy this movie. It's I give it an 8. I think it's just a, a blast to watch. Tyler? Yeah, I, I'm, I was actually going to give it an 8 as well, man. My very first trauma movie. Definitely won't be my last, though. I Like like I said, man, I, I love Thanksgiving. Just the, the silliness, but the fun and some good kills. It's fun, but, you know, I always have to watch it by myself. My wife judges the shit out of me when I watch these. <laughs> all right, Troy, what are you thinking? First of all, I want to I wanna, uh, speak to our, our audience to say that we know the difference between Thanksgiving and, and trauma movies. Um, <clears throat> secondly... I don't. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Love you, Tyler. But come on. So, but I will say at the same time, like I have a really tough time trying to rate this movie. Like it, it kind of reminds me of like grind, like a grindhouse in a big style. Of like it, it, there's a lot of things in it that I naturally hate in movies, but yet it's just openly welcomed and embraced when they're making it, and it works, right? I mean, it's just like one of those things where like everything you hate, they embrace in it, and it works though, and it, it's it's still enjoyable. So it's really hard to rate, in my opinion. I really feel like an eight. I'm gonna go with an eight on this movie. Oh wow, yeah, dude. No, I mean like I enjoyed it i enjoyed this movie a lot it was a lot of like because like i said like it's not necessarily my cup of tea to 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 the nth degree like it is for you and tom yeah but like i i appreciate what's going into it but like i like how they attack what they were going for you know what i'm saying like so the way i rate movies is like i do i enjoy it yes secondly what are they doing and how are they attacking it 
right? Otherwise, like I wouldn't be able to enjoy a lot of movies we watch if I didn't have to take that aspect. So, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, I more or less like analyze what they were going for, how way they, how well they attacked it, and then finally, did I enjoy the final outcome and how well they did it? I enjoyed it. They fucking nailed what they wanted to do. Yeah, they did. Other and honestly, it would be a nine if it wasn't for Slug and Bozo's deaths. Like if they'd have done their deaths better, I would a hundred percent gave it a nine. But they didn't, and like they it, that really did a, 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 a disservice to me. So, are you guys that haven't watched trauma movies before? Do y'all plan on watching more trauma movies? Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we've got something special lined up this week, right? So we thought it was fun, guys. Like we do a lot back and forth communication we thought it'd be fun so jason's obviously the one that has always seen the movie hopefully we end up doing one that jason hasn't seen and actually i think after this movie we should definitely try and find one that jason hasn't seen as oh a movie. yeah there's plenty there's plenty out there and then maybe one of us could be the jason Ooh. maybe Ooh. oh right It'll i be don't good. know if my ski right. mask will fit that would be fun. But anyway, so what we're doing this time is we're all three of us have uh, decided a movie uh, that we wanted to do next episode. And we're going to pitch it to Jason. And what we're going to do is say the movie. And we're going to give one sentence on why we should do that movie. Okay. And then Jason's going to decide whether or not, or going to decide which of the three we're going to do. All right. So what we got? All right. So mine's, mine's the cheesiest. I mean, it's such an easy one, but I, I would really like to do it with you guys. That's Donnie Darko. Okay. It's not a cheesy movie, but it's a classic. A popular it, cult movie. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't watched it in years, man. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to revisit with you guys. Definitely would be. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, that's, that's a good one, too. Because that is the singular most just reverent movie that I can remember as a child that actually took both cartoon, which I loved as a child, obviously, in a real movie setting and paired them together. And it made just like this most fantastic movie. And obviously it's a, it's a very entertaining movie. It's a, it's funny as fuck. And I still to this day like see like flashbacks Jessica Rabbit but yeah. like not only that but like the judge with the, with his eyes and the laugh. daggers and like then you know it just it just it yeah. it reminds me of being a kid and it just reminds me of like how crazy it was when that movie came out. So the one I want to go with, honestly, I've decided because I've always loved the movie and I feel like it's long overdue that we actually do a movie that's in our intro. So I'm going to go with The Mask. I'm down with that. I've I'm watched that not that, that long I'm always ago. down with the Jim Carrey movie. Cause it's so. long, it, I, honestly, because I love the movie and it is, I, I, when we decided we were going to do this, I was like, I'm picking something from our intro because it is long overdue. I'll give you three reasons. Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz, and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, is but I th- I think your rationale is, is pretty simple, though. It's because uh, they call you Cuban Pete. I'm the king of the rumble beat. And I think the chick-chicky-boom, chick-chicky-boom, chick-chicky-boom. All right, so there you have it, Jason. You have uh, you have Donnie Darko, The Mask, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I think we should do Who Framed Roger Rabbit next. Yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I love it. I'm actually okay with it. Yeah. Me too. I'm I'm excited to do Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> the only thing I the only thing I give Tom negatives for is not ending his uh his defense for it. Like, can we do it? Yeah, that would be good. I always went Donnie Darko because I haven't watched that movie in a long time either. Well, fuck you, Jason. Why'd I got why to say I'm last? Because you had the shittiest opinion of what we should do next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And obviously, I love the mask. I mean, yeah. come on, how can you not? But like, um, I think Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko is very in, interesting and in, 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 in intricate in itself. So yeah, it's yeah. Deep. I yeah. fucking it's hate Donnie Darko. Really, I hate everything about that movie. Yeah, there's nothing the good to me I've ever yeah, enjoyed. No, I mean, like, I got, I got like, there's so many movies I've watched in my time. I mean, hanging out with Jason and Rusty and all of our friends that are big into movies. There's like, hey, watch these movies. Nine times out of ten, hell, 99 times out of 10, 100, I watched that movie. I'm like, that's the shit. I watched Donnie Darker. I've watched it like three times. Every time I'm like, mm, I fucking hate this movie. So you I, figured it out immediately and you didn't like it. I mean, I, I found it I found it kind of funny and I found it kind of sad. <laughs> no, it's totally uh, sad. Okay. I gotcha. Well, on that note, I think that's uh, enough for, for this week's episode. Uh, for myself, Jason, I'm with uh, Tyler, Trey, and Tom. Uh, this has been Direct DHS. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Adios, amigos, amigas. Happy New Year, everybody. Again. Later, guys. Yeah. Fuck it. Man, the New Year sucks. Let me just re-wish it happiness. He's gone!